Good evening. Welcome to the PSI Monthly Teleseminar. My name is Kat, and I will be your host for this evening. And on behalf of PSI Seminars, welcome to the call. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for over 40 years, and each month on these calls, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI Basic course as a free resource for you in your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI Seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic Seminar or any of our advanced courses, you can go to PSISeminars.com where you'll find information about all of our seminars as well as the dates and locations for upcoming classes. That's PSISeminars.com. The topic for tonight's call is leadership. First, I would like to introduce your speaker for tonight. We have a very special guest with us this evening, Mr. Tim O'Kelly. Tim started his journey in personal growth in 1988 when he attended all of the PSI courses. He made a decision to make this his life's work and became a trainer in 1991. He is passionate and loves this work. Tim, are you with us? I am with you. Thank you. Welcome. Well, thank you. I just, you know, I... uh as I listen to that introduction, I, uh, I I have to say that, and I, I know I've said this before, that what an honor it is to be asked to do this, and especially a certain topic. And as I hear myself, I have said that I think probably three times since I've been doing these calls. Yeah, today I really mean it. <laughs> what I mean by that is that this topic, leadership. Um, even though before it's been the concept of to think is to create, uh, win-win. I mean, these are concepts that are the root of everything we do, and that's why I said it before, that, that that's why it's such an honor to be asked to do these. This one, though, that goes to the heart of, of the co-founder, you know, Mr. Wilhite, um, said that all of these classes, PSI seminars, the the basic course, the uh, the life success course, and then obviously our leadership classes, the men's leadership seminar and the women's leadership seminar, and then the 90-day program that we have in, in, the, in the cities, uh, the Pace Setter Leadership Dynamic course, it, it, everything, he said, is leadership. Every exercise that we do, every lecture that's in these courses, everything is for leadership. And I remember when I first heard that leadership, my mind automatically went to, ah, I, that's a topic that I'm not, that I, that's not me. Because my mind went to leadership means leading people. And I think that's what a lot of us feel or think. That leadership has got to be leading. And then when we think, okay, leading, then we got to think of leading someone. And I never, ever thought before that leadership was leading myself. And that's what Mr. Wilhite used to say, leadership of self. Now, leading people is going to be a result of that. I'll never forget that first time I heard that. Leading people, if that's what you want to do, and there's many people out there don't want to do that, and that's fine. That's going to be a, a result of you leading yourself. You cannot lead other people if you don't lead yourself. You can be a leader and not lead people. I remember hearing that too. You can lead. You can be a leader and not lead people. And so this is a, a, a fascinating topic, and uh, and one that I, I just really thank you know Cat and PSI seminars for allowing me to to be a part of this conversation. Um, so what I want to do uh, tonight is spend, of course, just a few minutes talking about this this topic. And again, it is from my perspective. Um, I'm not taking anything, you know, that uh, reading anything from anybody else. It is it is my perspective of someone who's done these trainings um, since, like it was mentioned, 1991 and uh, been through the classes and, and facilitate the classes still to this day. Um, clearly, it is my perspective of leadership. And uh, maybe what this conversation can do tonight is cause all of us to go and explore it, you know, at a deeper level. I'm not asking you to, you know, this is what is and this is what you must believe. It's not. It's 
it's it's my perspective of many years of doing this work because um, of all the years that I have been out on the road doing classes, um, there's always been a part of me that said this, that, okay, leadership of self, leading myself. I get that. I buy that. That's what these classes are for is me leading myself. And what that means is that leading myself means that I I choose every day. I take action. I produce results. Therefore, these are my results. I, 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 I'm liking this idea. And I was going through all these classes, and I thought to myself, there is so much here, so many exercises, so many talks, so many powerful lectures. And a part of my mind was always going to, if, how can you reduce it down? Maybe that's the male side of me. I don't know. Let's, we've got to reduce it down to have it make sense. I'm not sure. Um, but how could, if, if I had to bring it down to the, the, the smallest amount of major, what I call pillars, okay, if you can imagine a pillar you know, in the ocean buried deep in there, it comes out of the ocean and it can hold a pier, it can hold a structure, you know, or even in, in construction, you know, the, the pillars going down the ground that can hold the building very the most important part of any building is the foundation so if we had to go to the minimal amount what would it be not like there's it can be two it can be three but it doesn't need to be maybe seven or eight or nine what is the minimum amount that if i were to practice if i were to work on i could get to that place of pretty much leading myself in my life and then therefore if people want to follow or if i ever want to be in a situation where i can have people follow then, then that would work and so I began studying this while I have been in PSI seminars. Um, even on vacations, even on trips, I'm thinking about it. And so this is not something that has happened overnight. Um, it's been something I've been working on for a long, long time. And I have come up with, in my perspective, that there are five pillars of all the work that we do. If we can work on these five pillars that you'll actually, if, if someone is on this call who has not done PSI seminars, uh, yet, I'm going to say, uh, I hope yet, um, it's what you'll work on. So it, it, it's not like, well, let me work on these myself or outside of this. No. What's so great about seminars, what's so great about coming out and getting out with public and, and, and doing the work is you're actually engaging into your own personal development. We're not going to do it sitting at home by ourselves. We can only do it to a certain level reading a book. But when you engage and you have conversations and you do incredible activities and exercises with other people, this is where we learn so much about ourselves. And we can take ourselves to levels that we can never take ourselves by ourselves. So uh, it's to do the courses and then what you look up at and go, wow, why my life is really working is because of what I have really worked on are these, I believe, five pillars. And that's what I'll discuss tonight, and then we'll take some questions on it. Um, I know that there's probably going to be a leadership two one day uh, on these calls, and then an advanced leadership because it's such a broad topic. So my perspective, five pillars. Let's go. Number one, responsible. This is – I'm a facilitator of the basic course um, right now. I facilitate all the courses. But right now I'm just doing the basic course, which I have done more basic courses than any of the other courses. Um, I believe that is one of the biggest topics in the basic course. And what I love about it is it's not a lecture, it's just not a talk. Something happens in that basic class that does not happen in other everyday life situations. Um, and again, the value of going in and doing courses. So for all you graduates out there, um, you know, the one thing that just gets me is when I hear people say, you know, oh, I did the basic. Um, there's so much to that course. And I just ask that you ask yourself, if you're really about personal development, when's the last time you went back and staffed? When's the last time that you went and re-audited? I mean, I just did a class in Denver, and I saw some faces that I hadn't seen in 20 years there that are still coming back. And they, you'll never hear them say, oh, I did the basic. No, I'm practicing the basic. Okay? Responsible is pillar number one. What I mean by this is if we do not get this pillar, personal development will not be part of our life. I, I truly believe that. We are not going to develop 
we are not going to evolve, we're not going to grow. If we do not get this concept and we practice it to the point of almost mastery. So how do I put responsibility in a nutshell? I think it can be in a nutshell in a conversation, and it's going to take practice. Responsible basically is not what I was raised with, which is who was responsible for this. And there was punishment, isolation. I didn't want that. So I had a very negative connotation to responsible. So sometimes we think, well, who's responsible for this? means someone's got to be blamed for it. And what I want to take them up to do is that's not what responsible is. If we take a look at the root of the word, and if we cannot use the definition of meaning the root of the word, we shouldn't be using the word, in my opinion. So responsible, if we take a look at the word, the, the root of the word, the, the makeup of that word, it means the ability to respond. That does not say blame. That does not say shame. That does not say guilt responsible, the ability to respond. If I'm operating from responsible, I'm operating from that I know I have the ability to respond. Well, what's that mean? What's respond? To experience, to feel. Any way I want to, to any stimulus, to any situation, to any event going on in my life that if I'm operating from responsible, I'm operating that I know consciously that I have the ability to respond, not react. React is the opposite of responsibility. I can respond any way I want to if I'm operating from responsible. So think about that. And I use this analogy, and I know graduates out there go, my God, I hear this every time he talks because it's so true for me. Does traffic cause stress? Well, are we stressed in traffic? Of course we are some, sometimes. But my point to this is such a simple elementary one, I know, is that obviously traffic does not cause stress. If traffic caused stress, we would all be stressed in traffic and go out and drive around. And You'll notice nowadays that not everybody's stressed when there's the freeway's not moving. Some people are learning a foreign language. The guy next to you is singing. The other guy's doing this and... Woman's putting on makeup, a guy's shaving, and then a guy over here is upset. It's not because of the traffic. If I'm operating from responsible, I operate from no matter what is happening outside of me, I have complete faculty of my emotions. And I can pick from which ones I want to. That's liberty. That's free. Mr. Willite said liberty. Not only going where you want to go when you want to go, but being who you want to be when you want to be it. Being, not doing, but being happy, passionate. Um, frustrated, if I whatever. That's true liberty. So when any stimulus happens outside of me, I would understand that it doesn't make me feel a certain way. Nothing then can make me feel anything. So then if we have to go on that train of thought that no one can make me feel because my emotions are inside of me, which means what's on the outside, our physical body. So can the physical body be hurt? Yes, it can. If someone strikes me, if someone hits me, if someone cuts, yes, I'm going to feel it. If it's not too bad, the body heals itself without much work on our part because the miraculous mind and how it all works. But inside are where my emotions are. They're not on the outside. And how many people do you hear say, he makes me so mad, she drives me crazy, my kids are just going to just drive me nuts? And how much power we give away. My boss makes me so mad. My wife makes, ah, you know, it, 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 that's irresponsible. By definition, not by an idea or theory, by definition, that says that the outside dictates how I feel. Responsible is I choose my emotions. I choose my responses to any situation outside of me. Therefore, now I am free to create whatever I want to. The opposite of responsible, what we call in the classes, is the victim mentality, which is, very simply, it happens to me. Um, I cannot make more money because of the economy. Well, you know people aren't spending enough money right now. They're all saving their money, so that's why I'm not producing the results I want. My relationship would be so much better if my wife would change, if my husband would change, if my kids would just do what I want them to do and and so this is a major distinction that we work on in the classes. And that's why I believe when people lead the basic course, they ask other people to do the class. 
Now, they might not be understanding what was it that really did shift for them, but I truly believe this is the first one. That now we get, we are the creators of our life, not other people. I'm not saying I'm God or we're God. Not, none of that. I'm just saying that my financial situation is, is because of me and, and my, my relationship is because of me, my thoughts, what I put into it. My health is because of me. Now, I'm not saying that everybody's going to like this. Who's not going to like it are the people who have operated from victim most of life, which was me before I came. So I didn't like this at first. It took me two years to really start working with this. But it's got to be the first pillar. If we do not get this idea that we are the ones that are creating our experiences, therefore our results, then we'll always blame and we'll never grow. Pillar number one, responsible. Number two, integrity. Um, and, of course, we could do a call on each one of these, obviously. Integrity. My son, two years old. Complete integrity in a certain area of his life. What I mean by that is my son, two years old, and your son at two years old, it's not just because it's my son, um, is in complete integrity, meaning that you never have to ask him how he feels because he shows it. In other words, what's going on inside comes all the way out. It's not adjusted. It's not shifted. It's not stifled. It's not held back. What's going on inside comes all the way out, meaning all the way out into the world through the mouth, out, crying if he's upset. If he's angry, he's angry. If he's happy, he's happy. You never have to ask, how are you feeling? Okay, integrity, being true, true to ourself. Now, what we talked about in the courses is really, you know, when I say I'm going to do something, do I honor that? Do I honor myself? Or do I say it that I'll do it, and then when stuff comes up, I change my mind. That core, that metal, if you will, the character of a human being, can people count on you? And I'm not talking, they can always count on you when things are good. I, I should not say always. Let me take that back. It's easier for people to count on us when things are good. I'm talking when it's not good. I'm talking when it's stressful. I'm talking when our company's not working. I'm talking when, when we might be ill or whatever. Is that character still there when it's tough? When everything about us says, do it later, you don't, they'll understand. You don't have to be on time, they'll understand. No, the character of a person. Now, if you think about leadership and then you put this together, you think, this has got to be a part of it. If I am ever going to lead people, can they count on me? And what I'm talking about, not on the big things only, I'm talking about telling your child that you're going to pick them up at 3 o'clock. Are you there at 3 o'clock? Or are you there 5 or 10 minutes afterwards knowing that they'll understand? If that is okay with you, then it's okay for the big things too. So what I love about PSI seminars is the work that I personally did in changing my relationship with my word. That can, you know, I'm having children again at an older age. I made an agreement with my son six months ago. He was one and a half years old that when I came home, I'd take him to the park. He has no idea what I'm saying. I'm, he's one and a half years old. It didn't, it wasn't because I told him. It's because I said it. And when I came home and it was dark and I did not take him to the park, there's a part of me that said, he's not even going to know. But what I've done through these courses and the practice of them and failing so many times around my word, I've gotten to the point now where I set him down. As odd as this may sound, and he looked at me in the eyes when I said, I broke my word with you. And I broke my word with myself, Stevie. And my agreement now is I'm going to take you to the park first thing when we wake up. I don't know what he heard. I just know the look on his face. There was a smile and a laughter. I don't know if he got it. I don't know. But I tell you what, it was because it mattered to me versus don't say anything. It doesn't matter. Because I realize now, if I want to hide it there, I'll hide it in other places. So the character of being in integrity, having myself, that true strength of doing what's not easy, doing what I said I was going to do, working out when I say I'm going to work out, picking people up on time, starting meetings on time. That's character. 
Okay, so integrity, pillar number two. Number three, you might think this is going to take a side view or this is a sharp turn from where we've gone so far. But I love, I love this one. The first two are pretty heavy. This one is I believe that we have to have a, a deep understanding before we move on into three, four, and five of something called connection. Before we go into being decisive, before we go into taking action in our life, setting goals, all that stuff, I think we have to have an understanding of this thing called connection. Because if I do not understand the idea of connection, then the, to me the only other way I'm going to operate is, is I'm by myself. And if I am by myself, it, it limits so much that it's up to me. And, you know, some people are going to go through these courses and go, wait a minute, I know what, if it's up, if it's to me, it's up to me. And that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about that if I believe that the results I have, want to create are all because of me, that's so overwhelming and daunting and maybe too overwhelming to the point where now I just I give up. Connection and understanding. No one can really, I'm not here to teach connection by any means, but it might be a journey that we start diving more into is to what if we were connected? I'm not saying that we are. Please, that's not what I'm doing. I'm not doing class right now. Yet if you do believe that we are connected, then you have to believe everything is connected. There can be no disconnect. Even though we, we attempt to disconnect from our families or our life, we actually never disconnect. We, we, we shut down, right? And it feels like we're disconnected. But if you do believe the reality of oneness, maybe even monism for an older term, then you have to believe this, that you're already connected to your dream. You're already connected to your goals. You're already connected to what it is that you say that you want. You wouldn't be able to imagine it if it didn't already exist in the universe. That's straight up Thomas Edison right there and Einstein. Um, you wouldn't be able to imagine it. That's where if you've ever heard this, that what the mind of man can conceive and believe he can't achieve, you wouldn't have been able to imagine it if you couldn't conceive it because it already existed. Everything already exists. There's nothing new. So if I'm connected and I'm connected to my goals, then this brings a whole new dimension of how to achieve goals, how to achieve people in my life, achieve people, that sounded weird, how to attract people um, in my life, how to attract the people that uh, I can support, how I attract the people that are looking to have what I've got going on and we can both win-win with each other. I'm not talking that I can attract people and manipulate them. That's not how the law works, which is I'm really grateful for. Um, that we all do have choice and that we all are, uh, we have the ability to be responsible. So how do we attract each other, the ones that are looking for a benefit of each other? And if I understand this, then it's going to make the goal-setting process different. It's going to make it a lot easier. If I understand that I am already connected to everything, then what role do I play? What is my responsibility in goal-setting? And that's what I want to move into into the next pillar. So if I do get at some level we're all connected, now I can move into, okay, then let's go back to pillar number one. What responsibility do I have in achieving goals, making some incredible things happen? Pillar number four, decisiveness. Um, I was doing a class in Honolulu many, many years ago. Anybody who's listening on this call from Honolulu, you remember back in the, uh, the old days we had an office that, uh, that had stairs coming up to the second floor. And I remember I stayed there after a class, and I was uh, talking to some people. And um, I've always, you know, in the back of my mind, wanted to write a book on my perspective of leadership. All ever since really I started this work, and there was an admiral in our navy who came to the class, and I saw him come up. Uh, he was coming up to do interviews, and uh, I, I pulled him aside and I said, "Let me ask you this one question: If I were to write a book on leadership, what would be a chapter that had to be in there for you to read it?" And he, without thought, it was so great, without thought, he said, I'll never read a book on leadership if it doesn't have a chapter on decisiveness. And I went, wow. And that began a journey of looking at that, and that was in 1990-something, early in my career. Decisiveness. Leaders are decisive. It's okay not to be decisive. If you, I mean, no one's saying you have to be decisive. But to, to ever lead people, 
there's got to be willingness to be decisive. And so this is another process that goes on in all the courses that we do, is getting ourselves to the place where we understand and appreciate the strength of being decisive. So let, I, I, let me do this just real quick. If you've ever been on a cruise ship, you know, or a big ocean liner or aircraft carrier, you know, I took a tour one not long time ago, uh, this incredible aircraft carrier. If you imagine these big ships and you think they're designed to be out in the open ocean, well, what gets that ship out in the open ocean? You know, imagine that. What gets this ship out into the ocean? You know, and the common answers are the tugboat, the, the fuel, the propeller, the, 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 the crew. The, you, know, you get all these common answers, and, and those aren't what gets that ship out in the open ocean. What is it that gets that ship? What is it that gets that crew, the people, the food, the great times? What gets that ship out there? A decision. Everything starts with that. Um, Aladdin finds a lamp, rubs it, genie pops out and says, your wish is my command. Now all this abundance, all this energy, all this power, all all the resources that we need is saying, I'm here for you. Let's go. But the one thing that it does not know, and I'm talking about your subconscious mind, the one thing your subconscious mind does not, it's a machine that has everything it needs for you to be fully successful, fully alive, fully alert, fully uh, fulfilled life. It's got everything your subconscious mind does. We'll study that in the basic course. You'll experience it in the advanced courses. Okay? So the one thing by design that the subconscious does not know what is it you want? If it already knew, we'd be machines. Like there, we have no choice in it? No, we were given free will. Responsible. We can choose. Okay, so if this machine or genie is saying, everything you need is right here, the only thing you have to do is make up your mind because that's exactly what Aladdin had to do. If Aladdin didn't make a wish, it had been a short story. It wouldn't even been a movie. Well, I'm confused. I don't know. I'm not sure. What would Aladdin, I mean, what would Genie do? Meaning all this power, all this abundance, all this connection would sit and wait. And I wonder how many of us are having that happen right now. All this power, all this abundance, all this creativity, all this, everything that we're connected to is just waiting for us to make a decision, a clarity, intention. Now, I tell you what, anybody who's on this call who knows these classes, you know everything that I'm saying is in these courses. I'm not talking about anything outside of these. That's what's so beautiful about the process of these classes is that you'll work on everything that is being mentioned here, intention, decisiveness, how to get your mind clear and how to use the law of intention, which says we are connected to everything. All you have to do is get your intention clear, which means be decisive. Be willing to say in my life, this is what I want without having to know how to. This is what's so beautiful. Most people think if they're by themselves, they have to know the dream. They have to know how to. They have to know exactly what to do. That is stressful. That is exhausting. This idea is that our, let me see, what word am I looking for? Our responsibility in goal setting and goal achieving is to make the decision and then let the support that we are connected to work for us, getting your intention clear, making a decision. So decisiveness, critical. And then the last one, nothing happens (laughs) if we're not willing to get up off the couch. In other words, if we could do all this that we just talked about, the four pillars sitting on the couch, then that's not all it takes because we still have to now get up and get out into the world. If we are connected, we got to get up and get out there and exercise our our, our connections. we got to be talking to people. We've got to be knocking on doors. We've got to be willing to take risks. We've got to go out there and get ourselves moving. And the last thing I want to do, and then we'll take some questions, is, is com- relate this to our navigation system that we have built inside of us, uh, the same navigation system that cars have, the phones have. So very simply, if your navigation system, you have to put in the final destination. You have to put in your dream. You have to put in your goal. Just like in navigation system, you put in the address, your final destination. You don't put in there how you're going to do it. You don't put in there. That's not our responsibility of how to get there. Our responsibility is to decide what we want, place it into the subconscious mind. Now, so now, 
You're sitting in the driveway. You punch in the address. You've got your intention clear. You're decisive. Now, notice what do you have to do right then? Not sit there and wait. Because if you sit there and wait, what's the navigation system do? No thing, nothing. You have to put your pedal. You have to put your pedal. You have to put your foot on the pedal. Now, now you have to move. But notice this. This is what's so beautiful about it. Notice if you take, which I don't believe there is a wrong turn, but you know what I'm talking about. If you take a turn that, that okay, let's say a wrong turn. Make it simple. You make a wrong turn. What does your navigation system do? Recalculates. It's exactly the same system you have inside of you that you're connected to. As long as you're clear and you've made a decision on what you want, then what this work is about is understanding the laws that we are connected to, that we are part of, and how we can utilize them to have what we want. It's not that I have to go out there and do all of this and know exactly what I'm supposed to do and have the education. No. Education is beautiful. I'm not saying don't get educated, but I'm saying it does, that's not mandatory. And you, I could tell you several, and you know the same thing, that education does not ensure success. Um, but you've got to start moving. You've got to start opening doors. You've got to start opening businesses. You've got to start asking her out. You've got to start asking the things for you want. You've got to get in the world because there's a growth process that happens when you put yourself in the world. There's a growth process that happens when you put yourself out, you get into a relationship, you think it didn't work. But the reality is you grew and you were in practice. You're practicing for having what you really want. But we have to mature. We have to develop ourselves. Personal development has to be done before we get the big, big dreams. So how do we develop? We develop by challenges. How do we create challenges? By setting big goals and going for them. And we think, no, I failed. I'm going to suggest this. No, you did not fail. You grew. There's a part of you that had to develop. Okay, Um, Microsoft, uh, Paul Allen and Bill Gates, they left college. I don't know that much about Paul Allen. Uh, I know that Bill Gates left college to open his business. Oh, by the way, it wasn't called Microsoft. No, it failed. Bankrupt. Paul Allen and uh, the Microsoft team, right? Oh, no. First company, bankrupt. Did it fail? Of course not. It didn't fail. They had to do that to learn something that they needed to learn from Microsoft to work. Every relationship that you've been in, if you think it failed, I'm going to suggest you relook at it. You learn something. You develop, you grew. It's not always conscious, just like on navigation system. You don't know the underpinnings. You don't know the satellite communication. You don't know all that that's working. You just know that when it says turn right up there, you turn right. We have the same navigation system inside of us to develop that navigation system by taking action, picking yourself back up, opening another business, asking another person out, getting back into a relationship. You will get where you want to go. That's the law. Five pillars. Okay, Kat, you there? I am here, and we have some really great questions if uh, you're ready to move to the next portion of the call. Let's do it. Uh, First off, J.M. has a question. Uh, How do I prioritize myself first so that I can become a great leader? How can I prioritize myself? Is that the question? That is. How do I prioritize myself first so that I can become a great leader. Got it, got it. Okay, um, again, I just want to be clear, um, my perspective, okay? Um, I, I always say gain many perspectives, but my perspective on that question is how do I, how do I prioritize my, myself? I, great, great question. I would say a critical thing is to not focus on leading people first, And I think you got that clear just by asking this question that way. What is it you want? What is your top priority? What is it that you really want? I think every man and woman has got to answer that question or be in the journey or the search of it. What is it that – what would be your, your highest intention? Not your highest how to do it. 
what is your highest intention? And what Mr. Willite, how I heard it was when your intention is clear, the mechanism will always appear for you. Now, it's not going to drop $50,000 on your front porch. That's not how it works. You will be connected to what you need to be connected to. The money's always there, but you have to have your intention clear. So what is intention? I'm going to suggest what you look at what is your highest intention. And I'm going to suggest that it's not a thing. It's not money. It's not a person. It's not a car. It's not a house. It's not a job. That's not intention. Those are all mechanisms. If you really have to go to the highest level and prioritize, those are all mechanisms. A certain job, a certain career, a certain place to live, a certain those are all mechanisms. If you think of each one of those, those that's actually not what you want. You're looking for an experience. It's what human beings are searching for, are experiences, um, moments in life. Um, even if you say, no, I want to travel, I want to see the pyramids, it's not you looking at a triangle that was created thousands of years ago. There's a whole lot more. You've gone to a foreign country. You've created the money. You've created the liberty to travel. I mean, you're talking about some rich experiences going on before you even get to those pyramids. And then once you're looking at them, you're like, I did it. And now you're experiencing something that was happening. So there's an experience there. You go to Starbucks Coffee. You go to Pete's Coffee. You go to any one of these coffee shops. You're now with like-minded people, right? You're, their coffee beans are being flown in from all over the world to serve you. There's a barista who knows your name, right? It's an experience we're looking for. So when you prioritize yourself, I'd say this is mandatory. First step, what is it you really want to experience? Everything else is under that. So take some time. If, if you're a, a graduate, go back, staff. Go back to the leadership course. Go back to the basic. Go back and staff. Keep asking that question, what is my highest intention? What is it I really want to experience? Okay, next question. Next, we have a question from S.A. How do you deal with people who doubt your leadership due to their own limiting programs? Nice. Great. Great question. Um, my perspective on that is, and I have to take this from Mr. Willard, you know. Um, his thought on leadership was if you're not upsetting people every day, you're really not taking leadership. You're really not making anything happen. You're wanting to please people. So when I hear people are negative toward you or negative toward me or, you know, because of their own programs, their insecurities, and they're negative, um, I think it means you're doing really good. Um, leaders are always ridiculed. Leaders are always put down. You know, in the class we talk about this. You know, I talk about this. Uh, you take a look at some of the men and women who stood up for something, you know, to have social change, that every person should be able to vote regardless of color. Every woman should be able to have the same rights. And we go through these people who really stood up, human beings just like you and I, but people who stood up for something. A lot of them have lost their life. Um People operate from responsible, operate from leadership, meaning that they stand up for something. They have a dream, they have a plan, they have a purpose, and they go for it. And just know it will, it will rock people's world. They don't like change. They want things to stay the same because of the limiting beliefs, because of their programs. Um, and so if you are being ridiculed, if you are being fought, in the back of your mind, just hopefully you know you're doing really great. That means you are making something happen. You have a stand for something. And please hear this. Not everybody's going to like it. It's not about making sure everybody likes it. It's going back to your integrity. What is it you stand for? And Mr. Wilhite said, you know, when we wrap up the basic course, we always have this talk, and I'm not going to share it here because it's a great experience. But in essence, what Mr. Willett talked about is if you decide to take leadership and you decide to grow and you decide to develop, there's going to be people that pull you back. And what he always said was, you might not get angry. It's probably because of fear. What if you grow away from me? What if things change? 
and people can be very fearful of that. So instead of getting frustrated or angry, have complete compassion for them and an understanding, not a judgment. And then maybe reach out a hand and see what you can do to uh, have them, if they want to, to work on their own beliefs and maybe come on board and, and be a part of your dream um, if they're willing to do some work and, and, you know, always ask them. If they're open to it, you know, come and listen to this. You know, find a guest event uh, in a city where there's we're doing a guest event on, on the class because that's the fastest way. If you have anybody who is skeptical, who is that way because of their programs, they be completely unconscious to themselves, but they, they do want something different. You always have that Wednesday night. Get them to listen to it and support them into doing a class. Fast, best, fastest way. All right, next question. That ties perfectly into this next uh, question from MY. How do you not care too much about what other people are thinking? MY. My. Anyway. Um, MY. <laughs> How do you not care what other people are thinking? I don't think that's possible. We do care. We're caring human beings. Um, I think what the... I think what I'm hearing is, if I hear that again, how do I not care about what people are thinking? I would say this, we do care. I mean, if, if, if we could have it our way, we would take leadership, we'd make big advances, we'd change the world and everybody would love it. And everybody would like what we're doing. I think that would feel really, really good. It just doesn't work that way. Um, so the one thing I have done, M.Y., is, that's a name I'll never forget now, M.Y., um, how I have done it is to, to, to work on this idea that three different realms, my business, their business, and God's business. My business is my thoughts, my dreams, my fears, my financial situation, my relationships, my health. That's my life. And then another human being is, is, is their business. Um, even my child's dreams, fears, hopes. Uh, my clients, their life, their life is not my business. Their journey is not my business, even though I want it to be my business because I think I know a better way and she should do this and he should do this and if they did it the way I want them to do it. I had to go through many years of work on that, that that is their journey. Let me focus on my business instead of being in their business. And if you focus on your business, meaning get back into integrity, get back in clear and decisive what you want in your life, and focus on you living your dream, and then being able to contribute to other people versus control or manipulate other people, but to give to other people, you'll be able to sit back and go, okay, when they're judgmental, when they're, they have their viewpoint, it's not wrong. It is their viewpoint. It's right to them. It's just different than yours. And to respect other people's opinions, respect other people's viewpoint, not needing to change it, not needing to, if they want to believe that, congratulations for having a true commitment to something. And to really sit back, like Mr. Will Hayes said, not to get angry, but to respect that. That might not be yours but to respect the differences of human beings. And what comes with differences is different opinions, different thoughts. That's what makes up a great world. It's what makes up challenges. Remember, if we didn't have challenges, we could not grow. Okay, next question. Next, we have a question from ES. How does a leader stay motivated when their energy is used motivating so many others? Oh, you're probably not going to like this answer. Um, you know, and I, I really have to take a look at what, you know, what's the situation? Is it, you know, are you in a company? Are you, you know, let's let's take this perspective of it. You can't m motivate anybody. <laughs> I know that's not what you wanted to hear. What I mean by that is, well, in reality, you cannot motivate somebody. You cannot even motivate you when you don't want to be motivated. Have you ever had that happen? You want to motivate yourself, but it's, it's really hard, much less motivate somebody else, which means I'm going to make them feel 
a drive, you're never going to cause that. You're never going to make that happen. That's the outward attempt to have something happen inside. So I would look at, and that's why it's exhausting, because it never does happen. You're butting your head up against the wall over and over, and it's exhausting. You cannot motivate. You cannot inspire somebody. And I know those are common words out there, to inspire people. You cannot make another person feel something. What I mean by this is in classes, when I do classes, I say, no matter how great I am, no matter how wonderful I feel, no matter how on fire I am, I cannot make anybody in that class feel anything. That is their own right. That is their own responsibility, not mine. I cannot make anybody feel anything. So if you've got a lot of people that you think you need to motivate, I would reassess your strategy on how do you set up an environment where they motivate themselves because that's the only thing that really can happen. Instead of spending so much energy attempting to do something that never can happen, reassess your strategy on what systems in place do you have where people will motivate themselves. And some, frankly, will not and don't want to, and that's okay. That's their journey. So I'd, I'd say reassess your strategy and not attempt to motivate anybody. I do not motivate my family. I don't motivate my kids. I definitely don't go into a class to motivate them. Um, if you do find somebody that says you motivated them, just know within about 15 minutes you're going to hear them say you depressed them. <laughs> you made them mad. And that's not really what you want to have. All right, next question. Next up, I have a question from AF. When do you know to take control or to leave something alone? Um, could you ask a tougher question? Um, <laughs> I love perspective because there's not a right answer to that one. Um, how do you know when to control something or leave it alone? Man, we could go way out there on this one. What do we control? And I'm not being I'm not being flippant or sarcastic in this because if this was a business setting, it's a little bit different topic. If this is your children, a little bit different topic. Not not no 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 not topic maybe approach or perspective of it. So I'm going to have to go with this one is to take a look at whatever you're talking about and to really assess do you control it? Do you want to control it? No. Do you want to think that you can control it? And if it's another person, do you really control another person? Do we need to control another person? Um, one of the things I'm studying really, really a lot right now in relationships is the, uh, the, the two different energies that a person has is the masculine and the feminine. And in each one of those, we have, you know, um, the, the mature and the immature. <laughs> we have a, a mature masculine and a very immature masculine, and we have the mature feminine and a very immature feminine. Um, but one of the things that's interesting about that is is the immature masculine will um, control. And a mature masculine will protect, not control. Um, very, very different come from on that. Um, so I would really take a look back at what is it that you're wanting to control? Do you really control it? Um, and the value of not letting it go. Letting it go means it was yours, that you did have control over it. I would look to acceptance. Accept that it is the way that it is, and if it is the way that it is, then it should not be different. If something is happening, it's happening. Your resistance to it or your need to control it is not going to change it because it's happening. And what is happening is what's supposed to be happening. How do we know it's supposed to be happening? Because it's happening. Anything else would be a resistance, which is the, really the primary focus of the life success course, is how to live a life less resistant, meaning that things need to change. People need to change. Events need to change. So I would go to a more spiritual approach on this one and take a look at what is control. Do you have a need to control? Do you actually think you control something? 
I hope that helps. I know that was so broad, yet I don't know the specific situation. So thank you for asking that question. Awesome question. Next. Next up, we have a question from MC. How do we deal with real and constant sabotaging or undermining? How do we deal with sabotaging and undermining? Okay, Kat, help me with this one. Do you read in this that it is how I sabotage myself or sabotage from other people? Uh, I think that it's sabotaging from other people, though it could read either way. Okay, okay, fine. Um, I My take on, on sabotage or undermining is it's necessary. Um, it's not a bad thing, as I used to believe it was. There's actually an exercise that I, I did before around learning what saboteur is, sabotage, how we sabotage ourselves, how we attempt to sabotage other people, which I've now learned that we actually really cannot unless it's a physical, you know, or, or a really serious commitment to win-lose. Um, but if, let's take both of them, for example. If you're sabotaging yourself and you're aware Every time we sabotage ourselves, there's a lesson there for us to learn and to see so that we develop, so that we can have what we really want. The navigation system, as long as you know what you really want, you're going to be led on a journey. Okay? And there's a right turn, there's a left turn. Sometimes we don't know where we're going. And it looks like that we're sabotaging ourselves. But I tell you what, anytime you sabotage yourself and you're aware that you're sabotaging yourself, there's a lesson there to step back and not not like what you're doing and beating yourself up for it, there's a lesson there to learn it, okay? Um, when other people sabotage you, I think, you know, when, you know, this goes back to maybe a couple of the other questions. When there's negativity in your life, when there's people doubting you, when there's people don't believe you. See, I, and I used to be upset wanting that to change, you know, but the more spiritual work I've done with PSI seminars, the more I get that, I don't really think anything needs to change. I don't even think I need to change. I think it's a gift. Think about this. If you have a goal, you have a stand, you want something to happen, and you're challenged by people, what if, oh, you're challenged by yourself, right? You're, you're fighting yourself. What if that was a gift for you, for you to develop what if that's an exact challenge you need to, because if someone challenges you, how many times have you ever done this? How many times have you sat back and questioned your dream again? How many times did you reassess your dream and go, is this really what I want to do? I mean, listen to what they're saying. Man, nowadays I look at that and go, one of the greatest gifts from the universe I've ever got. Now I've got to reassess. I've got to look at it. I've got to find something that's off in my, not them, but it's, in my opinion, it's like the universe of God's way of saying, okay, look at this over here. Take a look at this part of your dream, part of your, you know, to take a look at it, to examine it, to reassess it. I know sometimes, for example, in PSI seminars, on the road to becoming an instructor, I had a lot of people not believe in me, a lot, a lot more who didn't believe in me than didn't believe in me. And what I got to get to the point to later on was that every time I was doubted, there's a part of me inside said, I'll show you. I'm not sure that's even the best one, like it's out of I'll show you. Yet it did happen inside of me. It almost strengthened me where I just, I had to go back and go, can I? Maybe they're right. Can I? And inside, I always had a part of me said, yes, you can. And I honored that one. That's part of the integrity. I honored that one versus listening to them. But I didn't put them – I, I mean, I did at first. I, I did put them down at first. But I'm talking – as I've gotten older, I don't put them down. I, 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 in my mind, I thank them. Now, maybe not in the moment because it can be frustrating, but that that was a gift for me. It was an absolute gift for me to strengthen my dream. Next one. 
so I okay. think that's actually a great question to end on as we're coming up to the end of our hour. We do have a few minutes left if you'd like to wrap up the call and give us a few takeaway points. Sure. Um, in wrapping up, again, just thank you. Thank you, Kat. Thank you, Pish SMRs, for this opportunity to, to have conversation about this incredible topic that is so liberating that it's caused, you know, the results in my life, really, the magnificent life that I have now with my new children coming into the world, my wife, my, my businesses. I just, it's so great to do this work. Um, so, you know, I, write those down. You know, write those pillars down. And if you're in the personal development realm or you want to get into it, you know, go for it. Go for it all. You know, the man who asked me to take PSI seminars back in 1988, Ron Newman, said, you have a, a canvas, you know, and, and go and take a paintbrush and just throw up what you got there. What color is it? And then now grab another paintbrush and, and, and just begin to paint. It's not all one color. You know, don't go to one class and one perspective. Go to everything. Be a student. Be one who wants to learn versus, you know, I know I know it all. And those five pillars, if you keep those in mind and really focus on how am I doing in those areas and then maybe look at one of the areas and go, you know what, it, that's one that I'm struggling with. Then find a course. I'm, I'm, I'm serious when I say this. Not find a book. Books are great when you got a few minutes. Get in with people. That's where life happens is with other people, other people's experiences, other people's thoughts where you can have conversation and debate, not versus just a one perspective of a book or a CD, but to get in and do classes, do exercise. Get back into the life success course. Staff it. Be a part of it. Principate mean, everything. Find anything like that that will support you. And am I operating from responsible or do I blame people? That's one thing you've got to start working on if you really want to make leadership happen is to take blame out of your life. Take shame, guilt out of your life. Wayne Dyer, one of my mentors, said the fastest way to diminish your power is blame, shame, or guilt. And that's what happens when we go victim. When we go responsible, that's empowering. Am I operating from responsible? Am I in integrity? Did I keep my word today? Not just one or two places did I keep my word in everything that I said today. And if not, go back to the beginning, give your word again, and keep it. When you break it, acknowledge it. Am I operating from integrity today? Decisiveness. Have I set my goals? At least am I in the search of getting to that place of making a decision. That's fine, too, being in the search. But knowing, eventually, I've got to make the decision. This is what I want. This is what I want my life to look like. This is what I want to experience. Now, I don't know how, but this is what I really want to experience. Understand that you are connected to everything. And to practice that connection, practice that connection that you are a part of, you know, neuroscience in the last couple of years said if you operate from connection, it's where you're happiest. Is that you know you're connected to something bigger. You know you're connected to human beings. You know you're connected to yourself. And to practice that daily through meditation, through talking to people, looking in people's eyes, talking to people about their dreams, what do they want? That's true connection. That's where life happens. That's what you get when you go to classes, not by yourself reading a book. It's when you're with people. And then... Drive the car. You know, get up and drive the car. Knowing you're connected, you're not alone. Drive the car. Make choices. The navigation system will guide you. Listen to the inner part of you. Just like you do on that navigation system where it says turn right, turn right. Set your goal. Be decisive. And then get in the car and drive. And listen to you. Listen to the real you, integrity. And then get you exactly where you want to go. Thank you. Awesome. What a powerful call. Thank you so much, Tim, for, for being on the call and sharing your insights with us tonight. Thank you. Thank you, PSI Seminars. Thank you, Kat. And thank you to everyone listening in. We hope that you enjoyed the call and have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. 
You definitely don't want to miss next month's call. The topic is confidence. We will be exploring self-esteem and how you can be more confident in your life both personally and professionally. It's scheduled for Tuesday, April 14th. You can register now at psiteleseminars.com and remember to ask your questions when you register. Again, that's psiteleseminars.com. As many of you know, we post live updates during the call on our Facebook page, and we love having your input. Go to facebook.com forward slash PSI seminars and share your thoughts about what you got out of the call and how you're going to implement all of these tools in your life. Again, for those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI basic seminar or any of our advanced courses, you can go to psiseminars.com where you'll find information about all of our courses as well as the dates and locations for upcoming classes. That's psiseminars.com. Thank you, everyone, for being on the call tonight. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen in. Have a great night.